0: Welcome back to Dub After, this is Chris once again. Hey, folks welcome back it's friday june the 4th 2021 on a lekka lecker, lecker freitag and it's still freitag noon here for us welcome folks pleasure to have you join us today on chris White africa here for the indaba African news of the day to start off the program well, let's get straight to the headlines from around southern africa across africa and those places that influence africa from around the world <clears throat> today's headlines south africa's health minister dr swilliam Kizi. Lawyers advised him not to attend Parliament's health committee. He took their advice and failed to show up today for his scheduled hearing before Parliament. For their part, the Mail and Guardian claims that Nkizi is ready to resign over these corruption allegations, the only source I can find making such a claim. The National Prosecuting Authority in South Africa has served papers to seize Gupta properties in South Africa. bit late, don't you think? Free state Estia Dairy case. uh, Former officials have been charged with fraud. Say it ain't so. Yet more fraud from corrupt ANC officials and bureaucrats. Parliament has suspended load shedding today. Now that period's already collapsed. It's over. It was until 5 p.m., 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. today, so that Parliament could hold its virtual session of Parliament. They need power. So they suspended it, forced ESCOM to continue delivering electricity so that they could hold their virtual session. But load shedding will return this weekend. Rest assured, folks, be comfortable. The power will be out this weekend across South Africa. Minerals Minister Gwede Montasha denies fraud in the car power ship case. The farming community across South Africa has not in the least been amused with the economic freedom fighters expropriation without compensation amendment proposals. And Cape Town may eliminate golf courses to build housing. The Minister of Trade, Ibrahim Patel in South Africa, says that people are getting around Black economic empowerment by skirting the rules. And this is the reason South Africa's economy is suffering. France has suspended bilateral military cooperation with Mali over its most recent coup. What about the Manchurian Cadaver? Has the United States suspended military cooperation with Mali's second coup? And Turkey sells Nairobi 113 Hiza, armored four x four vehicle. If those are ever misused, will people blame the Turks for the actions of the Kenyans? Arcelor Metal, the French Indian massive, world's largest producer of steel and has operations in Liberia, has donated $40,000 to the JFK hospital in Monrovia. Denmark has reformed its asylum law in what is certain to be portrayed as xenophobic and or racist by all of the woke left around the planet as Denmark seeks to get the out of control economic migrant crisis fraudulently used as an asylum crisis. Hundreds show up in Hong Kong for a Tiananmen Square protest to mark the anniversary of the events from 1989. This despite a ban by Hong Kong authorities. Many people haven't been arrested. The United Kingdom's Arishi Sunak is all giddy over the prospect of harmonization of corporate theft. That's correct. The, the G7 are looking to set an established corporate tax rate across all jurisdictions. Never mind the fact that some countries uh, don't pilfer from their citizens, use money wisely, and therefore don't need to take more money out of the pockets of corporations to create hundreds of millions of jobs. The UK's Rishi Sunak is all giddy about it. Yet for, further proof, more proof, that Boris Johnson, Bojo's Johnson is anything but conservative and arguably anything but legitimate at this stage. The European Union and the United Kingdom are probing, have an antitrust probe against Facebook over its advertising practices. And California lawmakers seek an end run around the U.S. Constitution with an unjust, unlawful, racist piece of legislation that they're crafting that would allow the state to purchase 45% of a home on behalf of people based on their skin pigmentation, thereby violating the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment of the United States. President Biden has blocked an additional 59 companies in China from U.S. investment. I'm still waiting for the cavalcade of MSNBC, CNN, ABC, Fox, all of these actors, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, Chicago Tribune, to call President Biden a racist or xenophobe because he's blocked U.S. investment in troublesome Chinese Communist Party-affiliated corporations that are little more than parastatals. Oh, he's not a racist. He's He's not a xenophobe. I'm sorry. Only Donald Trump is that when Donald Trump takes proactive steps to control Chinese influence in our economy from the Communist Party. Hmm. Hypocrisy. Eureka. Fake media. Fake media. Fake stream, lamestream media. No comments about Biden's xenophobia racism. But that's what they said when Trump did it. Remember they called him a racist for blocking Chinese nationals from entering the United States in order to quell the pandemic at the early stages. The first leader around the world to take action weeks before Jacinda Ardern did it in New Zealand. Yet she's the golden child of the left woke movement. Despite the fact that New Zealand never conquered anything. It's just a lie. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Those are the headlines, ladies and gentlemen. Today, the 6th of June, 2021. Let's get to in-depth news analysis. And we'll start right off with South Africa's now embroiled in another corruption scandal, health minister, Dr. Suile Mkizi. Yes, the gentleman whose lawyers said, don't go to parliament and testify before the health committee. Not a good idea. He took their advice. South Africa's health minister has failed to appear before Parliament. His lawyers advised him to not meet Parliament's health committee, where he was expected to respond to allegations of his department's involvement in an alleged irregular digital vibes contract totaling 150 million rand. On Thursday, Democratic Alliance member of Parliament, Sivivie Garuba, laid criminal charges against him at the Cape Town Central Police Station. She also said she also laid charges of contravening the Public Finance Management Act against the Health Department's Director General Sandile Butelezi. Shots fired, ladies and gentlemen. Shots fired. The Democratic Alliance reaches out to go after ANC corruption. Legal vibes. Zwilliam Gizzi takes the advice of his lawyers not to appear before Parliament, failing to show up today, the 4th of June, before the Parliamentary Health Committee. Now, The Mail and Guardian... Writes an article they published late yesterday in which they claim that Nkisi is ready to quit over the COVID 19 pandemic scandal. This is shocking if it's true. Absolutely shocking. Three authors on this, Tandwa, Harper, and Saba, reporting this, saying that he is ready to leave. It's understood he's preparing to resign from office over the special investigating unit probe into an irregular award of 150 million communications tender to his long term associate. And we've heard, of course, we've heard. Cyril Ramaphosa say the allegations are serious. Well, the knives are out in the ever-corrupt and thieving, stealing, angry, naughty children African National Congress folks. I don't know how any opposition party can't gain ground in the municipal elections on 27th of October. You have to sit in your home or hide in a cave not to gain votes over this anger. Or you simply allow people to become agnostic about the election and stay home. That's not how it works. You must get out. The National Prosecuting Authority has taken action against Gupta properties in South Africa. I say a little bit too tardy, folks. The NPA executes a court order and seizes Gupta properties. Wide-ranging restraint order for assets belonging to the Guptas and their associates in Cape Town and Joburg. The order, which also covers Iqbal Sharma's top billing mansion and two others in the UAE, is served on him in police holding cells in Bainsvlei in the Free State. The interim order was obtained following ex-parte application at the Bloemfontein High Court on Wednesday. There's a copy of the order. A curator has been appointed to take control of and preserve the assets pending the outcome of a criminal case against Sharma, Gupta brothers Achul and Ajay, their wives Chitali and Ardi, and several others, including three former free state government officials. No, no, not ANC officials. They weren't complicit in this corruption. No, say it's not so. Come on, it couldn't possibly be true. Oh, but it is, but it is, but it is true. Oh, the sickening level of corruption in the rotten liberation-disgracing African National Congress just beggars the imagination, ladies and gentlemen. Beggars the imagination. In Farmers Weekly, former officials charged with fraud in the Estina Dairy case. This case has been floating around for a long time. Also linked to Gupta. The Democratic Alliance will not rest until politicians held accountable alongside officials for their involvement in the failed Estina Dairy Farm project near Vreda in the Free State. This was response from Dr. Roy Yankilson. The DA leader in the Free State after three former officials of the Free State Department of Agriculture and Rural Development and a Gupta-linked businessman appeared at the Blumfontein Magistrate's Court on Thursday, the 3rd of June, in connection with the project. According to a statement by the National Prosecution Authority, Dr. Peter Tapeta, and Dr. Limakatso Morosi, former senior officials in the Free State Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, and Sepati Dalamini, who was the department's financial officer, appeared alongside businessman Iqbal Sharma on charges of procurement fraud involving 24 million rand. The money was paid by the free state to Nulani Investment 204, a company owned by Sharma. 24 million rand. That is less than $2 million. You sell your soul for less than $2 million. You see how cheap, cheap these criminals are? Less than $2 million, they sell their soul, their reputation, and they sell their constituents down the river. Why? Because South Africa doesn't elect its members of parliament, and they are the ones who pick these criminals to work in the bureaucracy. deploy their cadres. trail that took place at the Convention for Democratic South Africa is appalling. The people of South Africa, black, white, brown, whatever you are, have been betrayed by the architects of this thieving kleptocracy. Speaking of the thieving kleptocracy, the parliament suspended ESCOM's load shedding. Oh no, not more load shedding? Yes, more load shedding. They suspended the load shedding. That's correct, folks. Yes, indeed. And uh, they did that so that they could do their virtual session of Parliament today, the 4th of June. Rest assured, folks, the lights will be out this weekend. ESCOM will have to make up for its inability to shut down your sources of power. Make sure you have no perishables in your fridge. Make sure you have nothing important that you're doing because you'll have no electricity and you'll be happy about it. Welcome to the African National Congress's paradise on Earth. It's called South Africa in the 21st century. Suspended from midday on Friday, but resumes at 5 p.m., which is already past. It is now nearly 6.30 in South Africa, so many people have no lights or juice. And continues over the weekend due to a need for a parliamentary proceedings. Yes, so they can make more laws to steal more of your freedom. That's right. So you can be left hapless and defenseless at the hands of gangsters and criminal syndicates who invade your home, rape, torture, mutilate, and murder you. So you have no gun to defend yourself. Use harsh words, ladies and gentlemen. Use harsh words. In fact, you know what? You might even resort to banned language it begins with the letter K. Who knows? That might be your only weapon to stop these gangsters who invade your home. Oh, you're assuming that I meant that all the. Gangsters must be of certain pigmentation. Nope, I'm just saying if all you have, the only weapon is harsh words, use harsh words. South Africa's minerals minister. Gwede Mantasha is denying allegation corruption in the car power ship scandal that's unfolding, which is very interesting in its own right. Gwede Mantasha, South Africa's mineral and energy resources minister, and the two most senior officials in the department denied corruption in court papers responding to allegations by a losing bidder in a power tender. Director General Thabo Mokwena confirmed that he and his deputy met Aldworth Malati, Executive director of DNG Energy at Cream Restaurant in Pretoria, November, but denied they tried to secure a bribe. Montacha denied allegations by Mbate that the business associate relative of the minister tried to interfere in the process of awarding contracts. Well, I live by the standard that innocent until proven guilty. But honestly, folks, how many ANC officials accused of corruption have actually been innocent? Please identify one official that's been falsely tarred with corruption in the African National Congress in living memory. I can't recall any of them. Every single one of them has been guilty that's been accused. That doesn't mean that Montasha is guilty, but boy, it's a bad track record. We shall see what comes out of this case as time rolls forward. Commercial farmers across South Africa are not amused with the economic freedom fighters' efforts to undermine the Constitution and amend Section 25 with the Expropriation Without Compensation Amendment, which should be dead. It should be over. We should not be having this conversation. Their deadline was the 31st of May to reach an agreement. The ANC and the EFF could not reach an agreement because they differed on terms, although apparently they're very close. So this should be a moot conversation. In order for this topic to come again legally under the law, it must be reintroduced as another amendment in the parliament. But that's not going to happen because the rule of law doesn't prevail in South Africa. Several farmers' organizations have voiced grave concern about controversial additional proposals regarding the expropriation of land without compensation that were presented to the ad hoc committee on the amendment of Section 25. Following bilateral discussions between the ANC and EFF, the ANC presented further amendments to the revised draft on the committee on Monday, the 31st of May, which was the deadline. EFF's proposal will entail the deletion of the reference to the court's role in the proposed amendment. EFF also proposed the entire subsection three, which makes provision for compensation for expropriation be scrapped. Other proposals entail removal of the 1913 cutoff date for land restitution claims and removing the requirement that all that nil no compensation need to be sanctioned by a court process. Now, that is the most egregious of all of the proposed amendments. Not 1913, it's 1910. That's when South Africa was created. So 1913 is when the Native Lands Act uh, came into effect, Uh, but it began being the racist legislation that um, isolated um, populations from owning land. This is an egregious thing, to make land claims valid at any point in history. So do the San and their descendants amongst the colored population of South Africa get to own all the land in South Africa? No, this is a move by for the state to own land, which means corrupt officials to own the land, to use it to punish and reward. This is the death of South Africa, this idiocy. And it's not just about land, folks, it's about property. I've been telling you that for ages, it's about property and cowing the political opposition, which is what the real goal is here. Well, let's hear some encouraging news after all of this corruption we've talked about, after all this bad news in South Africa. Hey, car sales are up in South Africa. Shocking news, that is. Car sales increased. South Africa's new car sales rebounded in May. Bit of news there. Nice to hear. New car sales rebounded in May after falling sharply in April, a month hampered by holidays. Data from the Automotive Business Council showed this week. It's a tentative sign that low interest rates are lending some support to the economic recovery, but sales still remain below March levels. Well, that's because South Africa's economy is imploding, and probably the only cars being bought are by the very wealthy or people who've been robbed and need to replace their cars. Yeah, that's a bit of tongue-in-cheek if anyone took that seriously. Cape Town is considering scrapping golf courses in the city to build housing in a controversial discussion about this topic. Southern suburbs, golf clubs may be turned into housing, according to city documents. This article in the Daily Maverick. Activists welcome a possible change of policy, although officials say no decisions yet been reached. Parts of the King David Mowbray golf course and the Rondebosch golf course may be turned into housing. That's according to city of Cape Town's Draft Integrated Spatial Development Framework for the Table Bay District and Southern District. Two golf clubs are located adjacent to each other on city-owned land, and they're close to schools, hospitals, and within reach of the city center. Although the golf clubs occupy a total of 94 hectares of land, the has only identified portions of the Mowbray golf course outside floodline and about seven hectares of the Rondebush course for social housing development in its Table Bay and Southern District plans. So the Democratic Alliance, which controls Cape Town, wants to put low-income poverty-enforced housing next to golf courses. Now, one of the complaints is the city leases this land to golf courses for a nominal fee. Well, then increase the fee to a reasonable market price. Uh, There's plenty of places to build homes in Cape Town. What about District 6? District 6 remains largely vacant after the 1960s bulldozing effort. Much of it remains vacant to this very day. Let's get some people back in District 6, including the people who were illegitimately removed from there. South Africa's Minister of No Trade, Ibrahim Patel, has said that people are skirting the rules on broad-based black and economic empowerment, and that's why the economy is suffering. <laughs> Once again, this, this clueless, useless, appointed member of Sir Ramaphosa's cabinet has no idea what the heck's going on in South Africa. This is the guy that banned open-toed shoe sales, e-commerce, saying it was unfair to bricks and mortars, never mind the fact that South Africans needed consumer goods in the midst of the lockdown. Trade and Industry Minister Ibrahim Patel says that South Africa continues to face problems with the implementation of black economic empowerment policies, despite their importance to the country's growth plans. Actually, Ibrahim Patel, they are detrimental to the country's economic growth plans. South Africa falls further and further and further and further behind the rest of the continent as economic development continues, even amidst the pandemic. But this predates the pandemic. Your racist policies, which prohibit much of your population from having an opportunity to succeed, are vile morally bankrupt, and repulsive. And broad-based black economic power is center stage for your racist legislation, Ibrahim Patel. By the way, go buy open-toed shoes, folks. Get yourself some cooked chicken. Do a little e-commerce and tell Ibrahim Patel the futzek, gets stuffed. Clueless, clueless morons that run this country south africa shifting gears now to the rest of the continent folks france has suspended bilateral military cooperation with the coup government in mali well that's overdue it should have happened instantly why did it take them a few days to come up with this decision should have done it immediately la france suspend sa cooperation militaire bilaterale avec le mali cette décision prise en direction au deuxième coup d'état qui connaît le pays en un peine neuf mois des opérations de la force avec la malienne. Translate that for you folks. Uh, the French have decided to suspend their cooperation in the Sahel with Mali because of the second coup that's taken place. Took them a while. Where's the Manchurian cadaver, ladies and gentlemen? President uh, Bo Chi What is he doing about Mali? Does the U.S. continue to share intelligence information and transport with Operation Barkhane with Mali? Do they? I've seen no cessation of our activities with this coup government, or with Chad for that matter. What is going on? Turkey has sold 113 armored 4x4 personnel carriers to Kenya. The Hazar, or Hazir, in the latest of successful deals, the Turkish defense firm has landed a new contract to provide 118, not 113, 118 armored vehicles to Kenya, expanding its footprint in Africa. Our tactical wheeled armored 4x4 vehicle, Hazir, Has been hailed all over Africa. Our expansion in the African market continues, said Furkan Katmasi, the deputy chairperson of the defense contractor Katmasiliya. Gee, I wonder if it's named after his family. The company was cited as telling Andalu agency, a Turkish press bureau, that the new armored vehicle will be unveiled alongside a new military Turkish vehicle that is never seen before at the 15th International Defense Industry Fair in Istanbul in August. 118. The fully indigenous Hizar, built in Turkey, is a 400-horsepower vehicle which provides high protection against mines and handmade explosives. It was produced for conflict with high maneuverability and ballistic fortification, designed to form well under conditions of intense conflict in rural and urban areas, providing high-level protection. Having been deployed to meet NATO standards and successfully passing all performance explosion tests, the vehicle was approved by an independent international testing organization. They've exported a total of 989 vehicles and related equipment around the world last year. Kenya Defense Forces spokesman Zippara Kiyoko said in January that the country is focused on ensuring survivability of its troops deployed in the fight against Al-Shabaab, thus, the need to procure the 118 high-performance armored personnel carriers. It is true that forces participating in the Amazon mission in Somalia have been a disadvantage because of the bizarre situation between the United Nations and it not providing material and repair support for vehicles because countries there don't have certificates of origin or title deed. To many of these vehicles. Why? Because other actors like the United States have purchased vehicles on their behalf, like Uganda. So when they go to the UN to get reimbursed for repairs after a mine blows a wheel off or blows an axle off, the UN sits there and puts its hands in the air and goes, well, you don't own it. We can't repair it. Ludicrous, idiotic, bureaucratic nonsense from the United Nations. And it has undermined the Amazon mission for well over a decade now. It needs to stop. Frankly, it needs to stop. In Liberia, Arcalara Metal, the world's largest steel producer, a combination of uh, Arcalor, a French company, and Mittal, the Indian family, uh, is now the world's largest steel producer, has donated $40,000 to the JFK Memorial Hospital in Monrovia. Calling the place a hospital was a bit generous. I lived in Monrovia and I'd barely called it a hospital. It was so dilapidated and in such poor condition by 2007 that calling it a hospital was an insult. Nonetheless, there was a small staff of doctors and a handful of nurses who worked there to provide medical treatment. Most of the treatment taking place when I was there were people suffering from malaria and or traffic accidents. Lots of pedestrians hit in traffic accidents, and that was a major problem. Beyond that, obstetrics was the next most common service used when I was at the JFK hospital. We used the medics from the Armed Forces of Liberia to help the, uh, the hospital with its medical services. They got good experience dealing with cases they wouldn't normally deal with. No female soldiers pregnant, so they weren't dealing with pregnancy, and they didn't see many of these horrific trauma injuries that you see uh, in a hospital. So it was good experience and good training for our armed forces and Liberia medics. It was good public relations for the community to show that the armed forces were giving back to the community, and it was great with the assistance helping out the hospital, which needed it. Arkalor Metal is pleased to present this check for $40,000 as a contribution towards your efforts to upgrade the pediatric and general surgery wards at the hospital. We know the needs are many, but we hope this will be the start of a new partnership where we will collaborate to target the critical needs of JFK explain Marcus Lue, head of government affairs. Supporting and contributing to the improvement of Liberia's health care has always been important for Arkalor Liberia. Well, I would say they've, they provide over $200,000 in support to the government since the pandemic began. Arcalora Mattel really cares about Liberia. Let's turn that 40000 into a $4 million donation or a $40 million donation. Arcalora Mattel can afford that. 40000 is chump change. That's chump change, folks. We could come up $40,000 in a GoFundMe in a couple of days. ArcelorMittal, metal, the world's largest steel producer, $40,000. Generous of you, but, hmm, come on. In comparison to what your resources are, not particularly generous. Let's put that in context. And Denmark has passed legislation that reforms fraudulent asylum seekers by pushing them back to their origins and forcing them to apply for asylum there. Where have I seen this before? Um... Oh, that's right, the Trumpster. Donald Trump refusing to allow fraudulent asylum seekers come to America. Less than 10% of those who apply for asylum actually gain asylum because most of them are simply lying economic migrants who seek a better life. And I don't begrudge people better life, but that doesn't gain you access to a country. That's not a legitimate reason to enter a country. If your life is in jeopardy, your freedom's in, in jeopardy, your liberty is at risk, those are legitimate reasons. So Denmark has passed legislation that will now change this, and no doubt... Cast Denmark as a xenophobic, racist nation. Never mind the fact that Denmark has been one of the most welcoming countries for refugees for the past 30 years. When Germany refused to take more refugees from the collapsing Yugoslavia after taking in just 250,000 in a country of nearly 80 million people back in the 1990s, Denmark, a country of 5 million people, took in over 50,000 Bosnian refugees. That's 1% of their population. In In three months, 90 days, In the 1990s, 1992, Denmark took in 50,000 Bosnian refugees in 90 days, 1% increase in their total population. Germany took 250,000 over the course of a year and a half and then accused Denmark of being xenophobic. You notice how the pot's calling the kettle black? It always happens. Denmark passes law to relocate asylum seekers outside of Europe. The UN opposed bill for fear it would erode refugees' rights and encourage other U-states No, no one's rights are being refused. No one's being violated. There is an international standard. Our sovereignty has been violated by fraudulent asylum seekers. Denmark has passed a law enabling it to process asylum seekers outside of Europe, drawing anger from human rights advocates, the UN European Commission. Who cares? Politicians in the wealthy Scandinavian nation, oh, they had to throw that in the leftist Guardian has to call them a wealthy Scandinavian nation, which has gained notoriety for its hardline immigration policies over the last decade, passed the law with 70 votes in favor, 24 against. Legislation will complicate the EU's efforts to overhaul Europe's fragmented migration asylum rules, an extremely divisive subject within the bloc. Well, here's the problem. Once again, for those who don't know, the European Union is trying to usurp the sovereignty of the member states. What was supposed to be an economic trading block to reduce trade barriers and a financial union to increase efficiency and make the block much more effective on the global stage has become an experiment in robbing sovereignty. Hence Brexit, the disappearance of the United Kingdom, long overdue, delayed by feckless, callow, weak-willed politicians like Boris Johnson's predecessor and Boris Johnson himself delaying it as long as possible, causing all kinds of confusion. If you look at the United Kingdom, it is overwhelmingly a conservative nation. Look at the voting blocks. Look at where labor has seats now. Only in places with massive immigration from people who should have no right to vote. The United Kingdom allows residents to vote, not citizens. Residents can vote in the United Kingdom. That's simply wrong. You don't have a right to vote in a country you're a visitor in, you're living in. You only have a right to vote in a country if you've taken the oath to that country and become a citizen of that country allowing residents to vote skews outcomes and that's why the united kingdom looks like it was so close on brexit when it wasn't even remotely close on brexit not even remotely close allowing people who are working against your nation's interest some of whom are diametric opposed to the more norm, mores norms values and laws of your country to vote in your national affairs is beyond idiotic but that is the united kingdom denmark is now going to be pillared as a xenophobic country. Not the case at all. Very generous country. In Hong Kong, hundreds showed up and rocked up in a park to mark the tragic anniversary of Tiananmen Square, despite the fact that authorities announced that it was forbidden and would arrest people, which they did. Hundreds show up around Hong Kong Park despite vigil ban. Hundreds of people gathered near a Hong Kong park on Friday despite a ban on the annual candlelight vigil remembering China's deadly crackdown in Beijing's Tiananmen Square and the arrest earlier today of an organizer for previous vigils. Hong Kong police banned the vigil for second straight year, citing the pandemic social distance restrictions, although there have been no local cases in the semi-autonomous Chinese city for more than six weeks. Interesting, isn't it? closed off large parts of Victoria Park, the venue of past vigils in the city's popular Causeway Bay shopping district and warned people not to participate in unauthorized assemblies, which carry a penalty up to five years in jail. Five years in jail for assembling to speak your mind or to make a statement. This is not legitimate governance. This is abuse. This is oppression. This is totalitarian fascism. Like you see in the United Kingdom and Australia. What happened in Australia? Anybody see what happened to Avi Yemeni? We'll not talk about that on this platform, but check out Avi Yemeni, what happened to him. We received a letter last night from the police. Check into that story. The United Kingdom's uh, Rishi Sunak is all giddy. We get to have harmonized tax rates. We can push it up to 50% and steal all the money from the corporations, driving away jobs, impoverishing people, and making them wards of the state. I love it. Hercules, Hercules. Yes, well done. And you see this very telling photo of Rishi Sunak with the... Manchurian Cadavers body double. This is the Manchurian Cadavers body double. Janet Yellen looking very much dapper like Bochi Biden. Bochi Jiden. Looks a lot like that. She's a body double for Bochi. Look at that. Body double. Britain's Chancellor of the ex-check here, Rishi Sunak, meets with U.S. Treasury Secretary and famous body double for Joe Biden, Janet Yellen. On Thursday, the 3rd of June, Britain said the world was relying on gathering of some of the richest nations to agree to reforms to outdated global tax rules, as finance ministers from a group of seven started a two-day meeting in London to steal from all the rest of us. The gathering, chaired by British finance minister Rishi Sunak, is the first time the ministers have met face-to-face since the start of the hysteria. Rich nations have struggled for years to agree on a way to raise more tax from large multinational companies such as Google, Facebook, and Amazon, which often book profits in jurisdictions where they pay little or no tax. U.S. President Joe Biden's willingness to raise taxes on large businesses now creates the more of a chance of an international consensus under, than under his predecessor, Donald Trump, and the need to repair public finances makes it more pressing. No, the way you fix public finances, you quit spending money you don't have. Whoa, there's a concept. There's a concept. Stop stealing from us and burying us in debt. That's how you fix public finances. Stop giving money out to people based on their skin pigmentation. That's ludicrous. Stop allowing your borders to be invaded endlessly by people who are economic migrants, straining your social system, demanding services, taking service away from citizens and legal residents. That's how you fix things. Make people make their own broke-ass countries work properly. That's how you fix things in public finance, not stealing more money from corporations. of the Zuck faces a probe from the European Union and the United Kingdom. Investigations in the classified ad service, marketplace, ramp up, regulatory scrutiny on the company in Europe. Look at that. Job of the Zuck. Job of the Zuck. One of the most clueless he looks like an alien, doesn't he? He really does look like an alien there. Those bulging eyes. European Union, UK opened formal antitrust investigations in the Facebook classified ads service marketplace ramping up regulatory scrutiny for the company in europe both the european commission the eu's top antitrust enforcer and the uk's competition markets authority said friday they're investigating whether facebook repurposes data it gathers from advertisers who buy ads in order to give illegal advantages to its own services including its marketplace online flea market shots fired against facebook what will come of this in california legislators are seeking to make an end run around the U.S. Constitution, denying Americans equal protection under the Constitution. This appears in the 14th Amendment, which appeared in our Constitution after the end of the Civil War, ensuring by constitutional decree that all Americans would receive equal treatment before the law. But we don't. We don't. This country has systemic racism. Yes, it does. BLM, you heard me, I agree with you. We have systemic racism, it's called affirmative action, which denies people opportunity based on their skin pigmentation. It's vile, it's racist, it's morally repugnant, and it is illegal. It violates the constitution and the equal protection clause, as does this effort to use the state and your tax dollars, not mine, I'm not a California resident, your tax dollars to purchase 45% of a home for people who are black. So they can buy homes, that way they only have to pay 55% of the cost. What the hell is this all about? That's not equal protection. That's not legitimate. These people have lost their minds. California needs the San Andreas Fault to erupt so it can just slide off into the Pacific. Democrat-controlled California legislators craft a proposal that would see the state purchase up to 45% of a home in order to make it more affordable to black residents as part of an overall reparations package. But critics see lots of regulatory problems down the road for owners. I'm sorry. Was California a slave-holding state? I, I, I don't think so. Proposals one of several being considered by nine-member reparations committee formed via legislation from now too soon to be recalled Democratic, useless, feckless moron, Mayor Governor Gavin Newsom. They met for the first time this week. The nine-member task force will draft an apology to black Californians and recommend ways the state can make up for discriminatory practices, which include issuing direct payments to the descendants of slave people or passing laws to close racial disparities, the outlet reported. It might mean free college. African-Americans, said State Senate Senator Stephen Bradford of Gardenia. It might mean zero down payment the first time in African-American homeowners. We know they have the biggest challenge in homeownership now in California, but across this nation. Well, let me inform you, State Senator Stephen Bradford, you clueless moron. The first time ever, no down payment for black Americans. That's utter horse manure. Learn your history. Learn a little bit about this country, you race merchant. All black veterans qualify for no money down mortgages backed by the Veterans Administration. So you're wrong about that. Also, black financial gatherings in the 19th century got together to raise money and to make loans to people because they couldn't get them from banks and they required no down payment, some of them. So learn a little bit about this country before you start your racist race mercantilism. This is vile. How the people who graduate high school can have a conversation with this nonsense and this bile It's beyond me. Remember Donald Trump, the racist xenophobe who blocked Chinese nationals from coming to America during the pandemic? (gasps) And then he suspended companies tied to the Chinese Communist Party, preventing Americans from investing in them. Well, President Biden has done it to 59 additional companies, and not a single media outlet has called him a xenophobe or a racist. (gasps) No, say it isn't so. China rebukes Biden for suppressing Chinese firms with lists. Beijing accused the United States of suppressing Chinese firms and issued veiled threats of a retaliation Friday after President Joe Biden expanded a blacklist of companies Americans are barred from investing in. Biden on Thursday widened the list of 59 Chinese companies that are off limits to American investors over their links to the military-industrial complex in Beijing. President Donald Trump issued a list of 31 Chinese companies that were deemed to be supplying or supporting China's military and security apparatus adding more firms earlier this year. But after legal challenges put some of the sanctions into doubt, Biden's team reviewed the blacklist, removing some names and ultimately expanding it. Many are subsidiaries of companies already included. The sanctions target companies involved in Chinese surveillance technology used to facilitate repression or serious human rights abuses. So Joe Biden, the xenophobe, Joe Biden, the racist. No, he's not. He may be a racist. He may be a xenophobe. And he's not a xenophobe. He hates America. He's definitely not a xenophobe. Um, But... um, he definitely erases based on his past actions. I mean, his actions speak for themselves, what he's done to black Americans, who his friends are, who he associates with. I mean, why would you associate with known racists and Klansmen if, if you're not a racist? What's the common ground there? He's never explained that. So one can make only a, a, one conclusion out of that. And there you have it, folks. Those are the headlines and in-depth analysis today, the 4th of June, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to Indaba Africa News of the Day. We'll catch you here later today on Night Owls and again tomorrow for Indaba African News Today. Thanks for your support and patrons of the channel. Be sure to check out our new updated channel Rugby Ascendant here on YouTube. Do a search for it Rugby Ascendant and you'll be able to find the new channel which will be focused exclusively on rugby taking my segment from this channel plus my other platforms and focusing only on rugby. Hopefully we'll grow an audience over there. Thank you for your support ladies and gentlemen. Today the 4th of June 2021.